and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. I had the pleasure of speaking with Sarah Clark. The actress is best known for portraying Nina Myers on 24 for the first three seasons. We talk about that. We just had a lovely conversation. We talk about her benefit with the Blackfeet Nation in Montana, about saving the buffalo, very uh, important cause for Sarah. We get into that. We also talk about her husband, Xander Berkeley, who was a previous guest on the show. Just, it was a lovely chat I had with Sarah, and I really hope you enjoy my conversation with her. So how how's quarantine life been for you guys? Well, quarantine, I have to say, for my personality, I mean, it's terrifying what's happening in the world, especially while we're all sort of relegated to our homes and can't yeah. sort of come together to kind of... but. For my personality, I mean, this is why we moved to Maine. I, I do want to spend more time sort of investing in, in the community that's here and home life. You know, I've got two girls yeah. that are now 13 and 10. Okay. And ironically, that's when they were smaller. You know, you could take them with you when you worked. Of course. And you're taking them out of all their friends. And it just felt more manageable that the increments of time that you would spend with them. But now it's, it's a bigger sort of grasp of their lives and feeling like you want to help guide it in. As someone told me, you know, teenage years, it's about, you know, benevolent neglect. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sort of letting them do their thing, but you're yeah. there as to right. kind of catch them. So I think that would be harder to feel a grasp on if I was coming and going a lot. Right. So I've felt very fortunate that we've been able to sort of create, I've been able to work here on projects that I want to do. And right. then of course this happened. So we're all staying put and, and sort of reassessing like what, how do we want to go forward during this? Yeah. I think it's possible. And I think everyone will come out of it with a new set of skills on how to move through the world and to, sort of take care of it while you engage in it, you know? I mean, yeah. it just makes everybody much more aware. Right. No, uh, I I yeah. totally, totally agree. I just hope that it's not like a few months and then after that, everyone goes back to the way it was before. No, you know? I know. I heard some, some report. I lived in Italy for a year after <laughs> uh, my senior college, and I had this incredible fascination with, Italian lifestyle, and I just thought, oh, yeah. I'm going to be Italian, right? Right. And then I, I quickly learned that as a woman, I had much better chance of sort of creating my identity for myself away from Italy. And I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to get in trouble saying this, but it just saw, I saw that the Italians were very entrenched in their history. Right. And like they had an expression, non si fa. Like one just doesn't do that. Yeah. And I was always like, well, what if we did this? You know, right. so it, it taught me that as, as Americans, we have the, the luxury of, of coming and starting our country. We're so young, right? Compared yeah. to the Europeans. Yeah. So we, we can reinvent ourselves. Right. And I feel like we can come through this, I hope, with mm -hmm. an, a renewed mm -hmm. sense of like, well, what is the, the new path? Yeah, I yeah. hope. I really do hope, and I and I I do feel like there are a lot of great minds out there 
starting to to talk about it and think like that. I mean, I certainly have um, a renewed uh, respect for for what it is to create your community and then the ripple effect out. Right. You know, it, right. it's about starting small and then mm -hmm. it it's sort of growing from there. So I'm I'm hoping to create something like that. We both are here in Maine. Yeah. Is that better framing? <laughs> with the community of people that we're we're getting to know here there's just so many um skill sets right. that are here that i i can't wait to sort of engage in more yeah and it's good because you have nothing else to do but <laughs> kind of you know reignite you know the skill sets or you know create new ones it's that's one of the you know the, the beauties of of this time and uh yeah. my wife and i are both fortunate that we're able to work from home now yeah and, which 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 is great and you know having the kids here it's being How old are your kids? 15 10 and nine months oh my goodness wow yeah. you have a spread Noel. Yeah. <laughs> well That's you can teach me then oh my yeah. goodness what yeah. are the genders is, uh, is uh, it is bo uh, boys 15 uh, and then a 10 year old girl and then a nine month old boy and then oh. you know figure to add to the craziness we just picked up a puppy a couple weeks ago you go well that's all about quarantine yeah we had a new dog right yeah. before quarantine so it's, we're very grateful yeah to have it it's like the therapy dog right and uh, everyone will be there to help you with the potty training <laughs> but I, I yeah, that's a lot nine month old and a puppy yeah and the nine month old he's he's a he's a breeze right now yeah. he'll, he'll he'll sleep you know, past eight o'clock sometimes nine o'clock in the morning even yeah. doesn't matter what time he goes to bed he, he's He's a treasure, you know, it's such a pleasure. And hopefully he'll stay that way when he starts, you know, being mobile. I, I always say the first year of life is always the easiest with a baby. Yeah. They don't, they don't do anything until they're mobile. You're yeah. screwed for the next 18 years. No, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. And I will say that you're, the way, you, I mean, it worked out that you got the boy, girl, boy. Yeah. I think is a really good dynamic. I was in a, that dynamic in right. my household growing up. Not quite a biggest age difference, yeah. but I do think, I mean, I just, I love my brothers and I feel like there was such a, a great um, mixture of feminine and masculine right. between us that allowed yeah. for a maybe more harmony than right. single gender. Yeah. yeah, it's... I feel like there's more, it's more rife with stuff when it's all boys, all girls. I don't know. That's just my assessment. Right. Yeah, like I, I came from, like, I'm, I'm an only child. And my mother was, my grandmother was, so that kind of broke broke the you know the the string, I guess. Uh, my wife's one of three, and she always wanted three. Me, I was happy with just one, but then after having my son, I'm like you know, I would like to have a daughter, you know. And obviously, yeah. it worked out. But uh, the third one it wasn't a surprise. It was more of like, fine, we'll have another one. And we never thought yeah. of it. And right off the bat, it was like, holy crap, you know. So just to get back into that mindset is, is so difficult you know and but it's uh, it's been fun and you know being home with him has been great and the rest of the kids you know sometimes well, they all online right i mean your 10 year old yeah. like right at the age where my 10 year old's always asking me for another baby i'm like no yeah. Right. Come back. yeah i get it i get it i'm like i don't think i would remember i mean it all comes back the minute you hang out with yeah. the baby like oh. it, it does yeah you know, sometimes just watching my daughter go at it my wife, it's just like I kind of stay in the background, just let them duke it out because it's like, it's rough sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's rough. 
as as my mother-in-law would say this is my wife when she was that age so it's like payback so, Arma. oh yeah, yeah. my oh, mom would say yeah. the same thing i got two girls she's right. like mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it, i have to say so i i do you think we're given what we're supposed to work with and i right. am so i love having girls it's so yeah. i do feel like i've got my sisterhood right. you know i never got that so yeah. As much as I do, I love my brothers and I, I love just the way, you know, we would interact and we still do. And yeah. I, I thank God like his wives. So right. that that's pretty fun. But yeah. to have my own set of set of sisters now, right. daughters is pretty great. No, that's great. Yeah. And like I, I grew up without a father, so I really wasn't sure what kind of father I would be. And uh, once yeah. my, you know, 15, 15 year old was born. It was like I was a natural. It's like something just yeah. clicked, and he's like my, oh, you know, my so little nice. buddy. It's, it's my little buddy. He has a bigger shoe size than me. Oh, and, and like, me down. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and now they become your friend, which is what's so yeah. Yeah. I know it's crazy, and just thinking about it, it's like two more years and he goes to college. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. It's just, it, it's crazy now. Time flies. Time flies. Yeah. It does. It's funny. My my the thirteen year old just said she's like, it does feel like so fast. She's like, I don't know about school if it makes things go slower. Yeah. She's like, but I can't believe how long we've been in quarantine and yet it feels like it's just like it's already June. I know. It's crazy. And I said, Yeah, you're getting a little glimpse of what it's like when you get older and right. <laughs> you start to realize that those milestones of yeah. they start shrinking. Yeah. Yeah. How how are they adapting? So, like, how are they adapting to schooling at home? They. Oh my gosh. I mean, I Xander and I just pinch ourselves that we're so grateful that we 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 did this shift when he did. You know, I mean, right. we had to just. I Xander was more accustomed to his life in L.A. Yeah. than I. I'd moved from New York and. I loved being in the city uh, as much as I love nature. There was something about that urban lifestyle in my 20s that just fed me. I love the creativity. I love just having everybody around me because I was naturally introverted. So somehow I got my my fix. I go out <laughs> on the street and then I go, go to a play and then I get to go to my house, you know, but everyone was around doing their thing. So I did not see how LA was going to suit me and um but he had created a really wonderful lifestyle in the hills and he had a lot of artist friends and just it didn't seem like what i thought la was gonna have to be you know i did it as like it was gonna be one big you know highway that i was gonna have to drive on you know to get any sense connection and there were those those things but we up in the hills uh we lived in beachwood canyon and it was just a great community of people. And, right. and, and so the girls were really in love with it and they did not want to leave. So we, we thought if we're going to make this, but they did when we would come to Maine, we started about six years ago, they, they would get a whole different lifestyle of, you know, climbing with the river and, yeah. and just like nature dominated their existence. And so we figured if we're going to do this, we have to do this before they get entrenched in middle school and oh, totally. other friends. Yeah. So it felt in some ways like, okay, we're just going to rip the bandaid off and go. And yet 
I had been chomping at the bit. We had been talking about it since I got pregnant with Alwyn. And just like, where would we go if we didn't stay in LA? And it kind of got sidetracked because we went to Toronto for three years with work. And I got a sense of, oh, life outside of LA and working because we both worked there and we were on the water because we were in uh, Toronto on the beaches. And I don't know, it just, it sort of got us thinking about like, how can you coexist with this? Um, But I, quite frankly, I wasn't familiar with Maine except for going to a wedding here, you know, and I, I just, it feels so familiar. It's like sticking up some ancient (laughs) Celtic blood of like the, you know, the water and the cold. I'm so happy to be back in, in the land of, you know, seasons and the people just have a really uh, wonderful uh, sensibility of how to take care of the land and yeah. and be you know in your community like i said i don't know i i'm i'm loving it and they seem really happy they That's love the, the the sense of the school and the community right. right together you know um we just we were trying to make that happen in la and it's just hard you have to kind of make yourself a little bubble right because it's so spread out yeah. you know and everybody that you come in contact with you see like it's just not the same, yeah. but we, we had wonderful, wonderful friends in LA, and and so we miss a lot about it. And uh, sure. hmm. I just want to, you know, sort of try to create something similar here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will. I mean, plus, now technology. Yeah. yeah, we are so. I mean, yeah. Think about what if this had happened, say, even 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Oh yeah, it would have been awful. People would have felt so uh, desperate, I yeah. think. Um, there would have been, well, I don't know. Yeah, it's like hard to even comprehend. Right. But certainly, um, I think we would have seen a lot of people creating, and then there would have been this burst of like sharing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like five years later or something. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It would be interesting. Yeah. And certainly been a boom on the amount of babies being born. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 No, no, I'm sure. I mean, I just feel for, you know, I I mean, Xander and I do feel so lucky and grateful that we can stay at home. Right. You know, uh, I I thank every day the people that do go out and and make it so that everything still runs. Yeah. um, And pray for their safety and just hope that uh, the country gets, gets its act together in terms of, you know, let's hope. handle this crisis because well, let's let's hope. But I, I yeah, I know you have a, a, a you're working on a benefit right for Blackfeet Nation coming up. Yeah, yes. So it's actually the work I've been doing for the last three years. Uh, I've been really really excited uh, by the work the Blackfeet are doing in Montana for the 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 rewilding of their landscape and bringing buffalo back to not only their culture, but the wild species to back to the ecosystem. So it's a project uh, that I've been, you know, for three years sort of going and, and trying to sort of map the trajectory of, of how they've tried to get this done and learned so much about how everyone can, you know, do that within their own communities. And there's great, great work being done in a lot of places, but for the Blackfeet, 
you know, the buffalo were almost, you know, wiped out. Right. And I feel like the return of the buffalo is a is very significant for them in so many ways, and it would give them a sense of um, not only their culture and and a, and, a, and a spiritual return, but it would help just in every way in their lifestyle. And right now, with the COVID nineteen affecting their communities so harshly, we're releasing, you know, part of our project in hopes to uh, spark a conversation with how people can help each other and hopefully donate to, you know, the healthcare facilities or people that are in need that, because they have such limited resources out there as so many of the Native American communities do. Yeah. on the outskirts so there'll be a link i um we it's the date was supposed to be next week right but because of scheduling they've changed it now to june 10th so okay. i'll have it on my instagram okay Sarah clark where to tune in and how they can participate and tune in perfect and i'll i'll promote it as well so for you yeah how, how did you get involved so it's actually a long crazy story but I had you know I've been working on and off with different agencies for the environment and for wildlife rewilding of places and just always wanting to do more but not really having yeah. the facility and I met this filmmaker Daniel Glick at the Napa Film Festival. Xander and I were there with a different project. Right. I just happened to catch his documentary about Jimmy Santiago Baca, who is a, a poet from yeah. New Mexico who was incarcerated his whole life and basically taught himself how to read and write in jail. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. But what it showed me was Daniel, with so little funding, was able to tell this story and also the, the transformation that happened with this man all by himself. And it just, it moved me so much that I, I came, I went up after her and talked with him and he knew Xander and I uh, from our work and was just, was really wanting to, you know, um, talk more about projects and wanted to do something with us. And we kept saying, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, you know, we were in Maine, we were all over the place until he said, well, in the meantime, I've just finished this, this short documentary about the Badger Two Medicine, and it was with the Blackfeet about their sacred land. Okay. And I was so, I said, you know what? I want to do something like this. This has been, I've been wanting to get on board with something like this, but I didn't know how to start. If you have any other projects like this, I would want it help. Right. And so then he said, actually, they... I have a, you know, a story about the Buffalo that I'm interested in telling. So that just started from there. And I, I went out to visit and I saw what they were doing and said, yes, I want to do this. So it, it started there and it, it became a steep learning curve for me in terms of documentary, you know, storytelling, but uh, he, it, it's been great. And I'm very, I'm very excited about it. We've written a narrative script with the Blackfeet. Okay based on the work we've done. And um, then we have a six part television series that we want to do about the, the progress of their any initiative, which is okay. means, means Buffalo. So that's how it started. Oh, that's great. 
I, I hope it all works out. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'll keep you abreast of it. Yes, definitely. Actually, um, we did a short called Aniskum, which aired on PBS, and uh, it's been nominated for three Emmys, which we're oh, very, nice. very thrilled about. Daniel Glick and Zane Glampett, who shot it, and right. it's sort of a precursor to the bigger story. But it aired on PBS and hopefully will air again. Oh, that'd be great. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to just take I'll send a look. You the link. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Do you think now like, it's such a great time for doc documentaries since oh, you know, yeah. they have like all the GoFundMe and all, you know, all the crowdsourcing to, to get your project funded? It's a great time for that now. I do. I feel like documentary filmmaking is is having such a, a boom because people really are saying hey this story is happening right here right. and everybody wants to know and you can shoot it in a way now that people yeah. can have access to it right um but i also feel like too with all the bullshit that's out there in the news like we just don't know what to believe anymore right I so yeah. i don't know i i feel like people are like give me a real story yeah i mean fantasy there's a place for it, for sure. And don't get me wrong, I love a good story. But I think more and more people are like, I'm feeling these things, and I'm, and I'm, I'm seeing such compelling stories right here that I think people want to know about them. I don't know. That's just my take on it. No, I, I agree. I, I've, I've worked in news, in sports, um, and, and for, for years. And one place I worked, um, for two months, you, you can, I'm not going to say the name, but you can imagine where it was. He, they they kind of go to the right side, let's, let's speak. Uh -huh. And yeah, the amount of bullshit and you have to, people, half the people, I would say, actually more than three quarters of the people there laugh at it. And, you know, yeah. can't believe we're, you know, we're putting this on the air. It, it's a joke. I had to get yeah. out. And I ended yeah. up for, uh, yeah, for uh, Al Jazeera America. And oh wow! For like three, you know, it lasted three years. It was a short time. It was so much fun. But when I was approached by it, I was like, all I knew was, you know, Osama bin Laden sent the tape there. That's really all. Right. I knew. So let, let me do some research, you know. And I'm sure that was a great platform for 24 years, you know. I'll just but, but other than that, it's like let me let me do some research. And I did a lot. I'm like, wow, it's basically reporting news. It's not. Yeah blaming left, blaming right. It's just reporting the news and that's it. So then I'm like, this is great. And I don't think America was ready for that. I don't yeah. think they were able to get over their biases of, of the name. And unfortunately it was three years and done. And you know, everyone who I worked there was proud of their work, but it was just like, like yeah. it, it, it's a shame. I, but it probably would have a, you know, a comeback now, maybe. Of course, yeah, now, because people can't deal with, you know, both sides screaming at each other. You just want to hear yeah. the news. And if you're not, you know, you're against something, all you got to say now, fake news. And then that's, yeah. that's really it's all it is. Which is a shame. It's, it really is. It is. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's what it's hard when I see, for I'll say, you know, my kids right. and the cynicism with, because yeah. they go in thinking like, well, I want to believe what this person's saying. Right. So you want them to have that, but now you're like, no, 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 no. I mean, we repeatedly say, yeah, if it's on the internet, you know, you got to vet it. You got to, you got to find out. You got to get to other sources. And I mean, I guess that's a good way to go. I right. was the most gullible and still can be one of the most gullible people. If 
if it's if I see it on paper. Yeah. But intuition is right. is been renewed, and I think yeah. that is a lost skill, and that is. is something that when you're face to face with someone, you just get a feeling, and you go, "Yeah, this is bullshit." You can right. smell bullshit. You can smell but it. But you you know, it's harder when it's on TV, and that's just crazy now that yeah. we have to just. Everything we just kind of go. Well, I don't. I don't buy that. I don't. Exactly. And then you know, I'm sure the truth will slip through the cracks somehow. You know, which unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, well, have you seen Get Me Roger Stone? Have you no. Seen it's a sobering, sobering documentary about okay. basically Trump's whole mo okay. and how Roger Stone. I mean, I don't know. We won't get into politics, but. Well, Get me Roger Stone. I'm sure we're on the same side. <laughs> I know, but yeah. we'll get into just the, the 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 sort of the making of Donald Trump yeah, okay. and how Don, uh, uh, Roger Stone, you and his whole um, strategy right. of how to got, get him elected. Yeah. It's a pretty amazing, uh, eye-opening look. I'll, I'll take a look. It's just like I thought after the election that both parties would sort of get their act together yeah you you know like you would this you know groundbreaking event happened you know people kind of rally around each other to get Mm -hmm. their shit together and almost four years later it's the same I know I know well I do think something is is growing I do think that right and I do think it's just everybody that's at the top is so they're all in the same cage yeah. And someone outside the cage is going to break it, I think. I just, that's, that's where I, I kind of look at, you know, the pandemic is the time for everybody to sort of really get their um, ducks in a row in a weird yeah. way of like, okay, when we come back out, right. you know, we could have whole new rules. And I just, this election is going to be so like, uh, people are going to have to come out and be fearless. I think right. to sort of not just assume that yeah. well the right thing will happen. I don't right. give a shit about the polls. I'm sorry, I'm cursing all over this, but polls <laughs> mean nothing, right? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. thing about oh he's ahead in the polls, he's done. Yeah. You know, no, no, no. We all just have to go yeah. and have our voices heard. You have to know that your vote yeah. is going in. I don't know. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. right. And I, I've always said like, wh- why is election day on a Tuesday? It should be over a weekend. It should be more, more than one day. You get two days to yeah. do it where people are home. But, you know, a certain party doesn't want that. A certain party doesn't want people coming to vote because that means that their candidate's not getting elected. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, they would say they're for the people, but they're not really for the people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, let's some happier times now. <laughs> no, Exactly. Yeah. It's funny because what you were saying in terms of Al, Al Jazeera and, and yeah. how it fed 24, yeah. you know, it was really interesting being on 24 during that time. Right. You saw policy being created based yeah. on what was being done on that show. Right. Which was terrifying. Yeah. I mean, especially playing Nina because my character was sort of created slowly over the seasons. Right. Like she was fully formed at all. Yeah. And they, they freely admit that. I think because 
they were sort of letting it be organic based on the world that was unfolding yeah. as it was happening. Um, but to base uh, a mentality around that was what I was, I, I was grateful that I was free of it. I was like, I don't want to continue to yeah. this. Right. But it just sort of had a life of its own. And uh, it was weird to watch. Right. Now, I, I, obviously, like seasons after you left, Jack Bauer, you know, obviously the torture of, you know, prisoners yeah. got much, much worse. And that was actually brought up in certain cases as, as well. You, you, you mentioned how that show kind of like, you know, directed you know, policy and stuff like that. So it's just like how that show kind of grew from, you know, the first season. I feel like, well, yeah. I mean, every, every, I remember after this first season and they talked about me coming back, I was like, so wait, so why did I do it? And they had all these ideas. Right. <laughs> the third yeah. season, I'm like, wait, so why did I do it? You yeah. know, and they, right. they kept changing it. But I, I did say when uh, they asked me for the third season and I was like, I will come back and let you torture me for eight season, eight episodes. Like yeah. that is not going to sit well. Right. Like, just, so, yeah. you know, they said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And I do feel like um, it just, it got weirder and bolder because the way TV changed, adrenaline yeah. changed. Um, and what's really interesting is when, you know, you think about people's acceptance of good and bad behavior changed, right? Right. Like throughout that show and then with like Breaking Bad and... Yeah. Mad Men, like, I do feel like that was all within the same time of how, how acceptable can people's behavior be if they're doing something in the name of this, you know? Um, and now when you see shows, that's just part of the course, right? Yeah. There's good and bad in everybody. And I felt like that about Nina from the beginning. I was like, you know, they tried to paint her as just like, oh, she's this, this. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. When we were in the process of building it, she was just making hard choices, <laughs> you know? And then it got sort of like, they added all this stuff later, I think, yeah. to kind of make a a more black and white sort of decision about who she was. But right. while while playing her, it certainly wasn't there. You yeah. have to find the humanity of why people go places. But it just, yeah. at a certain point, you just, it's hard to play that after a while. Right. When, when did you find out th- about the reveal? Well, I found out the first season, um, like three from the end. Okay. The whole time though, I mean, the whole mentality of say CIA work is everybody, it's all about what do you know that I don't know, right? right. I mean, that was the biggest sort of, so everyone was suspect of everybody in terms of just information. I mean, whether they killed somebody or not, you know, wasn't always like the final thought. It just was like, well, wait, what, what, what information, what meeting were you in and that I wasn't in and, and, and how do you know about this? And, you know, so it felt very um, tame. Yeah. And then when they heightened the stakes of like, well, this is what she needs to do to get or to be safe. I mean, killing Terry, that was always a big mystery. Did I do it? Did I not do it? They wouldn't even tell me. Right. <laughs> they had they shot me they they filmed me shooting her 
Right. And they said, oh, we're going to film some other people shooting her. Kind of like who shot JR, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) No one gets to know. Um, And I remember at the time, I mean, Leslie Hope was hysterical because she was so annoyed by her character, by the last, (laughs) she even said, she came in and when she, I, I mean, it's so long ago now, but I do remember something of her coming in being like, where's Jack, you know? And yeah. she's like, shoot me now, just shoot right. me. Right. <laughs> she's like, I'd shoot me. Yeah. But I was, <laughs> no, she was very funny. But yeah. Um, yeah, like I just remember at the time, Nina was put into a really, she was put into a corner. Like she was set up. Yeah. And then it mm-hmm. just, Bad choice, bad choice, bad choice. Yeah. Yeah. Because they only originally picked up the 13 episodes, right? And then they oh. had to feverishly write for the rest of the season. So I guess that's what brought in Terry's amnesia and that whole story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's face it. They needed a few more women writers. <laughs> but that was like 2001. So, yeah. but I, they were very open, uh, especially John Kassar was really great. I remember the big scene between Terry and I in the first season. He was really open to hearing what we thought okay. women would say and what wouldn't be said. Right. They don't want to know, you know, too much. Yeah. They just want to have a conversation like, I'm right, right? I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. I was very appreciative of that because it did, that is something, you know, that felt, you yeah. know, uh, we got to contribute in on that. And they were very good about, you know, when, you know, because they were so focused on writing about the plot right. that a lot of times, you know, humanity needed to be reminded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At this point, I think, you know, she's worried about her daughter, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, you know. Right. And so it, it was it was good that they were open to hearing all that. Oh, that's good. Now, they, they filmed two endings, right? With her alive coming at, at the end and then did all of you know which ending that was going to be included no. in the show? No? Including Leslie. I remember Leslie sort of over the summer being like, am I really dead? Am I dead? Yeah. You know? And Keeper didn't want her dead. Right. You know, it was, it was hard. Everybody was really sad. That was the first, I mean, that whole first season, everyone was like, is it going to be me? You keep turning the page. Yeah. And certainly I thought, oh, great. Now that I've killed her, yeah. You know, because it, it was before they really trusted that they could show the other side. Right. Like, I think if they made that show now, they would have expanded Nina's story even more. Yeah. To kind of get into, like, what's going yeah. on. And it would have been... I remember at the time, too, really being excited that they were going to give me an interesting backstory but it was complicated. They had so many pieces that they had to keep it vague for a while. Um, In fact, I know the third season, they thought about letting me get away. Okay. And somehow miraculously with the thing in my neck, killing everybody and leaving and like escaping again. And I think it was like, no, Keeper's not, but Jack's not that bad. (laughs) Jack doesn't let her get away. So uh, I remember at the time, like, yeah, that would have been a little too like superhero-ish. Yeah. But um, no, it was, I mean, they, for the time, what they were juggling, all the different moving parts, kind of amazing that they were able to, keep that momentum going 
as long as they did. And, and I think they really learned from what was happening in the world. Right. Yeah, because the, the pilot had that big, big plane explosion and they didn't want, obviously, I think they, they delayed the, the pilot because of... Not well, they took out the actual visual right. of the plane exploding. Um, they wanted to be sensitive. Yeah. It was such a surreal time to go right. to set and and know that what we were filming felt so shallow. Yeah. That it was right on topic. Right. But it just felt like, no, 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 we need to tune into what's happening. We can't yeah. be, you know, creating this right now. Um, and I do think it, it speaks to like, not to get really cosmic, but <laughs> a higher intelligence somehow can come through of connecting yeah. stories. And it's why two people can write the same story on different, from different places. And that's why you see simultaneously mo movies being made about the same subject. Yep. Yeah. I do think there is that collective unconscious that can get tapped about what's happening and people don't even know it. They just channel. Yeah. In a right. So I'd imagine we're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, contagion type stories coming out in the, in the near oh future. God. Well, meanwhile, I mean, Xander and I tried to watch contagion. I'm such a Soderbergh fan and it's one of yeah. the few that I haven't seen. Right. And I like, guess yeah, too close. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just in the trailer, they're like, we touch our face 25 times a day. It was like, right. no, 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 I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already too obsessed about this right now. But I would love to see it. But I do think, too, that in this time, people's quarantine stories are going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. Have you seen Haywire? That's one of my favorite Soderbergh ones. Haywire? Yeah. No. When Check it out. I definitely uh, will. Um, maybe... 10 years ago? Haywire. Yeah. How weird. I've never even heard of that. Oh, yeah. good. I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, it's 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 really good. The, the cast is great. It has uh, Ewan McGregor, um, Antonio Banderas, Michael Douglas, um, Channing Tatum, and uh, Gina Carrado, who's a UFC fighter. She's the star of it. And Wait a minute. Does it have uh, Fossbender in it? Yeah, he's in it too. That's okay. I saw that preview. We were in Toronto when that came okay. out. That's right, okay. 10 years ago. And I remember seeing some trailer for that going, I got to see this. Yeah. This looks amazing. Like, a, I just remember seeing the Fassbender fight yeah, between okay. her. Mm -hmm. It's insane. It's great. And I thought, oh my God, this, like, badassery I thought I had when I was doing fighting. Like, she's amazing. Because right. I was doing covert affairs at the time. And okay, I remember yeah. being like, we would come up with some fight sequences. <laughs> they would never have time to like shoot right. them. So yeah. I remember like, oh, I had, like that's amazing. She, yeah, I definitely gotta watch yeah. that. I it, meant to watch it. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's we really good. Watched um, the laundromat, which I loved. Oh, I haven't seen Did that. You see that. No. Oh, really good with okay. Meryl Streep and Antonio Banderas. It's right. a great cast, of course, again because of him. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's he's best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we try to have like movie nights every night, but unfortunately with the kids, they usually went out and it's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, does your 15 year old watch movies with you? Yeah, but it's, I'm trying to get him hooked on some good ones, but we watched yeah. the latest Scooby Doo movie, which is like, really, you know, it's so bad I'm walking out of my house. But it's, it's like, I want, you know, to get him involved in some movies that I remember when I was younger or some good ones, yeah. but it's like, it's, it's hard. It's really it's hard. So hard right? Yeah. I know we, I can still, we can still coerce the 10 year old at times. Okay. 
Because yeah. it's so exciting when we do, like, in fact, we did watch a Soderbergh with my 13 okay. year old, the one about the cars, the, the race, car racing. Oh, oh my God. With um, Chan and Tatum, Chanum, yeah. and then um, Channing, I'm sorry, Tatum, and then, uh, oh God, who's Bond? Why am I thinking, blanking oh, on things? Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig, and he plays, he plays a North Carolina. They're all in prison. Oh, cool. Okay. And it's, um, anyway. And then, of course, it's, it's so good. But she loved it. Okay. And so I was like, see, sometimes yeah. you can trust us. I know, that's but we did get my 10-year-old to watch Charade, which okay. I was so excited that she stuck it out. Audrey right. Hepburn, she loved it. And we also got her to watch The Birds with us, oh, wow. which freaked her out. Right. I, I mean, I we had to close her eyes for the couple scenes. But, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. got to... My, yeah, my wife has got for some reason hooked my daughter on horror movies and your, your wife that's so funny i'm always like xander no we can't yeah. watch that's why like yeah. i broke down for the birds yeah like i'm coming in there watching like nightmare on elm street or like final destination i'm like really this is what you, you know watch? that is so funny like she's so bad at such a wimp about that stuff yeah. i don't like to watch it right <laughs> it's, it's 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 brutal like you're teaching her fear. I'm like, no, I just had nightmares all right. the time. I don't want them to have them. I don't want her waking me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, has, um, has he oh, shown Candyman yet? <laughs> no, I know. Xander's always like, I want to show Owen Candyman. I'm like, okay, she's 13 now. But, like, I made the colossal mistake because it was a movie of the week. Right. I watched Exorcist when I was oh, 12. Wow. Like, awful with my brothers. Right. And I mean, for a year, I yeah. couldn't, like, I just was terrified. <laughs> so I have that, I don't want to do that to her. Yeah, no, that's, it's smart. They'll, if, if they want to, they'll discover it themselves. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I know, right now she's really into uh, Grey's Anatomy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's, I mean, there's a lot of seasons, right? But she's, right. it's funny, the health, especially in terms of the pandemic, she's like, yeah. well... Right. I've learned that, you know, when they go to the ER, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> she jo jokes, but she's like, I feel like I'm getting a sense of what it is. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know. Are your daughter's obsessed with YouTube? They, well, the TikTok, right? That too, yeah. TikTok. I, I mean, TikTok's a huge uh, lesson to me. I, I'm only on Instagram. Okay. But, I mean, yeah. there's some things that are, but she'll tell me what she learns about the world from TikTok, and and a lot of times, weirdly, she's right. <laughs> I'm like, there'll there'll be some sound blurb about the virus or about yeah. the pandemic that I'm like, really, they're saying that? It's like, yeah, yeah, mom. <laughs> they're saying it in a dance. <laughs> and then she'll do yeah. a little move. Yeah, I, I I did one with my daughter, and it's just like, oh God, take it off, please. I just I'm an old white guy. I make you see myself dance. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of you for succumbing. Yeah, I, yeah, whatever. I have no shame. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But first day on the set of 24, you meet the actor who plays George Mason. How did that attraction come about? It was actually pretty funny because I, I was on, I was on set a day before him. Okay. And when he, everyone talked about him. Everyone was like, oh, in the makeup trailer, they were yeah. like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, could, I couldn't hear the name, but just the, he plays George Mason. Do you know him? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I had been under a rock. Right. I didn't realize. 
I realized after, oh, yeah. I had, I did know who he was, of course, because I'd seen a million things he'd been in, but course, I didn't yeah. know him. So anyway, oh, he's cute. And I remember the makeup artist saying something like, he's very funny, you know, it's like he is always knowing something. She's <laughs> Israeli, and so she okay. had this accent. She's like, he always has a look in his eye like he knows something. <laughs> and it's so true. Anyway, yeah. but he came in and we met um, while he was getting a haircut. Okay. And he had this crazy little robe on. It made him look like a little wizard. <laughs> like all these like stars. And I remember right. thinking like, wow, he's really funny. He's really, uh, everybody knows him. He, yeah. he kind of, and then I started doing some research about him and realized how the yeah. things that I had seen him in. Right. But um, it, it was, you know what it was? It was because I was so displaced and it was such a whirlwind, my casting. Yeah. Cause you know, they called me about it. I had auditioned like a month ago and they're like, right. they want you to test for 24. And I was like, wait, which one was that? You know, cause it was <laughs> pilots and there was a million. Yeah. They're like, remember it's the one all in one day. And I was like, oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So. They flew me out and I remember going into the test, but I, you know, tested for a few things right. and you never, you, don't, you hold stock and even when you love them, you've got to yeah. be like, well, whatever. And we did the test, the studio and the network test the same day, which was kind of unheard of. You usually wait a few days because right. the studio talks like who are their choices? Okay. And then it goes on. If you yeah. get the cut, you go into the network. So they were doing it all in one day. In fact, they were having it done one time. So you had one audition, okay. which at the time, you know, I was a theater actor. So I was like, okay, this is the show. Yeah. <laughs> so went in, did it, was kind of like preparing to get back on a plane. Right. And they come over and they're like, actually, um, you got it. I was like, oh, wow, really? And they're like, yeah. yeah. And you're going to set. I was like, I am. <laughs> yeah we're gonna take you over right now to hair and makeup and then to get a fitting i was like oh my god i had no idea that they had yeah. been started already mm -hmm. and that they, the character was the last one to be cast yeah. so anyway i was in such a like like i had to call someone to take care of my cat you know it's like i was all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. staying out in la for longer than you know right. a weekend and um so i was in my own sort of days but xander was such a, a soulful presence, yeah. you know, and you need him, you, you, it's just like that woman said, he knew something. Right. And you could see that what he brought to his acting was just this wealth of knowledge about the world. He had lived so many different lives, you right. know, he plays these characters and then he goes to all these crazy and he, he had physically gone to all these locations. Like, I mean, he's, shot with some of the most interesting filmmakers like he just had a, a resonance about him that really attracted me as well as just being you know yeah exceedingly handsome and funny and so yeah, there you go. it wasn't hard right and it worked out yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> i remember feeling very my midwestern self of like yeah. can't let anyone know right that i've hooked up with someone on on the show oh, yeah i don't think i'm this like Hussy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like, who doesn't? But anyway, I had that sort of shy Midwestern thing. So I remember going back to New York when it was all done, like, yeah, we got to keep this on the, on the down low. Right. <laughs> but then when the show got picked up, even then, I was like, yeah, just 
yeah well like eh, you know it was fun i finally loosened up oh, that's good that's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did uh did you guys watch the show after both your demises or no well the timing was funny because we did but i we i gave birth and i think a good friend of mine connie Britton. Okay. Yeah. On. Yeah. And so we would watch with her, and I remember so distinctly, like nursing the baby right. always, yeah. and watching the show. But the adrenaline and and just the pace. Yeah. I know this sounds. Really, I mean, but your wife would understand this. Like right. when you're in the beginning stage, like your hormones are so. Like it was not the kind of TV watching that right. my could take like I remember 60 minutes used to rile me up so it was really like like I, I there was I didn't have a lot of headspace and we kind of yeah. lost the momentum okay I would check in because I'd yeah. hear people on the show right. and I'm a huge Mary Lynn uh, fan, so, yeah. of course when I would watch it. and my parents continued to watch okay. they they were big fans but no I can't say I was a devoted like every yeah. episode but I checked in often. right yeah, that's one of the very few shows my wife and I agreed on, so we would watch together. That's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, and they had so many great storylines. I mean, yeah. they really did. Yeah, it was... It was TV, I think. They definitely set the stage for, you yeah. know, our ability to track different storylines and the the serial, the aspect of, yeah. of the, the intense binge serial that we want to keep yeah. watching, you know, yeah. and yeah. then the whole look of it. Yeah, the two things like you mentioned before about, you know, people looking and like being suspicious of everything. You always had to look over the computer or looking on the phone, you know, like Carlos was great at that, you know, yep. he, he had that. But then every time Jack would always say, when this is over, I'll explain it to you, meaning they're not picking up that storyline anymore. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's how it ended, you know, let's, let's move on to something else. I swear to you when this is over, well, I'll, I'll explain everything. Well, nope, either you're dying or we're not picking this up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. No, I do feel like too what it did create. They were very, because of the intimacy of the time. Yeah. They did make it so that everybody was there supporting each other off camera, which okay. I think was very helpful in right. creating the immediacy, because you weren't sort of acting in a vacuum. You right. had the person on the line with you or on the phone, yeah. and and that seems like oh yeah, of course now. But right. back then, that was very uh, yeah, weird. right. And the um, job security of the CTU director—I mean, that's that's brutal. I mean, oh my god, oh my god, have that job—you know, you're lasting a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. not safe, especially if they're going to go put you in the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Jack, you're you're done. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I didn't mention before the interview um, the booth at the end, which both you and Xander were on, and you mentioned just. Him looking, the knowledge was that was like a perfect role for him. Oh my God! It, it really was. For him. I mean, and he has a few more for him that that could stoke and and mine that in him. He has. Um, but you're right. What was so great about that was the collection of characters that he's played could all sort of circulate right. through his face at different times. And yeah. what was really interesting is how much he reflected back who was in front of him you know right. and change his whole demeanor based on who he was talking to yeah. uh and his character which i thought was really great um yeah 
And it was such an interesting story. I loved that. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was really a fascinating show. It was very simple. You know, it was, yeah. I, know. I loved my character. I was super pregnant okay. <laughs> when I shot that. Right. And I remember at the time thinking, yeah, I. I don't have much understanding of like what it would be to be like why someone would want to be a nun. Right. Um, and I remember feeling so uh, grateful that I had the tie-in of like speaking or hearing God right. to giving, creating life. Yeah. I think that was my direct tie-in um, right. of understanding what that person was suffering. Um, and what it would feel like if you didn't have that, because yeah. I definitely feel like having children opened up something in me that I didn't realize wasn't there, right. or, you know, touched yet. Yeah, no, it's really, it was a fascinating storyline that a nun would have to do that in order to hear God. It really was, but you know, you, you were great on that. And uh, I, I don't think it's on Hulu anymore, but I think episodes are on YouTube, so everybody check it out. It's fascinating and it's on amazon too i think oh it is okay cool i was watching it on youtube so yeah check it out it's 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 great great show but you said you were raised in st louis right uh-huh okay so i used to do a lot of traveling for, and i go to st louis a lot and maybe you can defend it because i think it's terrible the pizza there <laughs> pizza. Oh, the pizza yeah i mean i had a friend when i came back from work he's like you go to emos i'm like yeah that place was terrible Oh, the thin crust. It was, yeah. I'm sure you grew up on you enjoy it. So, well, it's funny you should say that because you know, of course, the typical Midwestern experience is like thick crust. I would think, but emos, thin crust. I do prefer it now. I actually loved it. But I had a big education on pizza when I moved to Italy. I'm sure. I was like, where's all the cheese? It's like all bread. Like it just felt so strange but now I actually prefer that but the big thing to have in St. Louis of course is toasted ravioli Ravioli, yeah those are delicious yeah delicious yeah and in general I mean the cuisine in in, in St. Louis my mother was is still an incredible cook but she came from the south so all of her recipes I I sometimes will modify them now because my my tastes have changed right but I had great eating experience in st louis mainly because my mother okay a a good cook yeah (laughs) (laughs) so as far as the rest i will say that a good friend of mine now i mean my parents have now moved away so i don't have any more connections to st louis beyond my fond memories and my friends but yeah um it was a nice place to grow up but i definitely felt like uh i needed to get to a coast i I felt landlocked in st louis right to the east or the west yeah and you've done both so that's <laughs> i have now i'm for our main yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and then i read that you went to the prom with john ham i did yeah twice <laughs> oh twice <laughs> i did the first junior year we went together because my okay. then boyfriend was away on his okay. senior trip he was in new zealand and john and i were still are close friends right so we went as friends junior year and then uh senior year we kind of well we went as friends again but we were kind yeah. of boyfriend girlfriend again right i mean we tried yeah as friends do 
Right. But uh, he continues to be a lovely, lovely friend. Right. But it's fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But before we go, um, Blackfeet Nation again. Yes. What's the info so, about it? Yes. Uh, my handle on Instagram, Sarah being Sarah Clark. I will provide a link, but it's June 10th. And there'll be a showing of the nine minute short that we had on PBS called the NISCOM, as well as a panel with tribal members, as well as people from the WCS, the Wildlife Conservation Society, all talking about the efforts to bring buffalo back and the rewilding in general of the landscape, the, the Great Plains with the buffalo. Oh, that's great. And um, everyone click on the link, watch and, and donate what you can. I mean, it's a great cause. And Sarah, this was so much fun. I really appreciate your time. So great, Noel. Thank you. And a special thanks to Sarah for joining me today. For more information on the Blackfeet Nation benefit, go check out her Instagram account at Sarah being Sarah Clark. That's Clark with an E. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at the first all one nine, or like the page will be my youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and view the show. Don't have iTunes, not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud, it's also on Podbean. You can go to YouTube, check out all the interviews that I've done there as well, and subscribe to the channel. And go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, it's all there. A new episode comes out every week. Stay safe, everybody. See you then. <laughs>